This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Isn't it convenient that we have a round table? Well, it's actually oval. Just say yeah. it. The blind guy feels it now, goes, <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. Well, we were taking a crack at how much we've memorized the roundtable intro, and I think we did a pretty good job, Rocky. We did. We missed a little Kelly. bit, but just a but little. Just, just a little. It was good. It was good. I, Your imitation of I, Kelly I will, was on par. Absolutely. I will. Tremendous. I will admit this to the rest of the audience that I did admit to Romeo that sometimes I find myself at home, even when I'm not there on the roundtable, repeating it back. It's just yeah. I don't know why. But. He's obsessed with the show, guys. What can we say? <laughs> Maybe. And we appreciate anyway. it. We totally we, appreciate it. Yeah, we do. Don't we have a guest to bring on now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'll take this opportunity to lay off you and <laughs> move on to the round table. <laughs> all right. Well, every week um, with the fun and giggles, we also get into some really interesting conversations on a variety of subjects handpicked by the host, which is me today. And we're joined by the host of this week's roundtable, audio describer JJ Hunt. JJ, I know you didn't memorize the roundtable music, but how are you? <laughs> I am well. How are you doing, my friend? Doing amazing. Thank you for joining us. You've, you're spending a little bit of time with us on the roundtable, but I do want to get to some things that you're up to before we get to some of these fun topics, which is that you're spending a couple Saturdays with the uh, Blind Low Vision community here in Toronto hosting some tours. So tell us about the first one, which is uh, not this Saturday, next Saturday, October 15th, if I got that right. Yeah, the, um, we're going to be doing a, a, a walk of Little India. We're doing a, 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 a like an, an, a described kind of, you know, just walk of the neighborhood. And this is something that I started to do in the before times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, d- I'd done a few... Uh, um, Yorkville and the annex and the waterfront. And I really enjoy just kind of getting out into the streets, looking at what's interesting, what's going on with our infrastructure and our history and our buildings and doing a little bit of people watching and, and hanging out with the community, hanging out with my friends and getting to walk around and explore the city together. So I'm really excited to be going to little India. Uh, and we're going to, so we're going to be on Gerard street East. We're going to be checking out some of the shops and the, the smells and the food and talking about the history of the neighborhood. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. And I'm so bummed to be missing this one, but I'm curious, do you take, how casual are these walking tours? Do you take questions? Do people chit chat along the way or do you have an agenda that you like to keep it uh, into in a time frame? It's a little bit of both. So I, I have a pretty set uh, you know, set route. I've got some specific points and places that I want to go to because I I usually try and find a story. What's the through line? You know, what is the thing about this neighborhood that makes it interesting, that makes it unique? And so I've got specific places along the way that I've 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 looked at the history of and I and and I've. I've studied some of the buildings so that I, you know, I can get my terminology right and I can get my names and dates right. Um, but then along the way, who knows what we encounter, right? Like mm-hmm. whenever you're on one of these things, 
life happens. This is an uh, this is a, an engaging city, and so you never know what's going to happen. And and I am definitely open for questions as we go. Um, you know, I, I remember doing a walk one time, and someone said, "I'm shuffling my feet a lot on this uh, on the sidewalk here. What are all these bumps?" I'm like, "Well, let's talk about chewed gum residue." And <laughs> having a whole conversation about what it looks like on downtown streets when everyone spits out their gum and it never goes away. And that's just, that is very much a part of the city. And I'm happy to have those kinds of, those things pop up, you know, because, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the big and the small, you know, It, 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 the huge cathedrals need to be described, but as far as I'm concerned, the mailboxes need to be described too. All of this stuff is, uh, it, you know, makes up the, the visual landscape and I, and I'm, I'm a big fan of of talking about all of it the chewed gum i've honestly never i've never heard about this thank you for educating us right here right now wow okay and then on october 22nd so the the next weekend following you're doing a ghost tour this one i i'm on air declaring i will be at so tell us about this Awesome. Yeah. So this ghost walk, I I did the first one in 2018. And I think then I'm not sure if anyone else is doing one now, but I think it was the first ever described ghost walk. And basically, I, you know, I looked through the, the, the history books and I, and there are some blogs and, you know, online resources for people sharing ghost stories. And I found about a half dozen fantastic ghost stories from Toronto's history um, and kind of wove them in, you know, made sure that I was figuring out ways to tell those stories with a, with a blind, low vision audience in mind. So we can talk not only about, um, you know, the stories in the history, but we can weave in a little bit of dis- uh, description. I can, I bring with me some, uh, some audio. I bring with me some tactile elements. Wow. You know, we tell the story of the last hanging in Toronto and I pass around a noose that I actually made using thick hemp rope so that visitors, guests can, can hold on to it and smell the natural fibers. It, it just, you know, kind of transforms the story a little bit. So it's, again, it's part history, part ghost story, and uh, and part audio description, all kind of woven in together. I love the ghost tour. I'm so happy to be doing it again this year. Oh, man. it! I'm telling you, the written... Um intro to RSVP to the ghost tour does just not do it justice to what you just described (laughs) that the tour is going to be like I'm so excited and thank you for sharing I really appreciate that you uh came on and and that you've shared all these bits and details of the tour so now let's get to uh some of these roundtable conversation pieces I've picked out for you starting with a new study that finds shift workers will be healthier if they limit what they eat It's not just what you eat, but when you eat that could have a major impact on your health if you're a shift worker. Researchers from the Salk Institute for Biological Studies in California looked at firefighters who worked 24-hour shifts. They found eating meals within a 10-hour period can reduce blood pressure and bad cholesterol. Previous research has shown shift work can disrupt your circadian rhythm, making workers more prone to heart disease, cancer, and type 2 diabetes. Lionel Moyes, ABC News. Okay, so I'm going to come to you first, Brocky, with this question, because we know one day there's a study this, then the next day there's a study that, and the this and that are complete opposites, and we hear this about coffee, drinking coffee, about all kinds of things. 
So do you find when you hear something like this, are you leaning towards, oh, wow, you know, that makes a lot of sense? Or are you thinking, yeah, right. Is this just some kind of take on another diet or another kind of food culture thing that's good today and bad tomorrow? Where are you with this? I am sort of in the middle. I I like what I hear there. I think there is some some truth to that. But I do think that we get some needing to be cautious with this because as you rightfully point out next week there's going to be a study that directly you know uh, directly says no to that study right and so that's that's the challenge i do know that shift work is is tough on people it's tough on the body all around so i do see there's some merit to what we just heard but um be cautious again with everything mm-hmm. you hear. Well, when they say eat within a 10 hour window, that's basically intermittent fasting, right? And we know intermittent fasting is one of these things, um, like other kind of diet and fasting food lifestyle opportunities, if you will. But I'm curious, JJ, do you find that fasting is talked about normally? Like we know that there's fasting. It's around. It's been around cultural, religious practices, uh, lots of different ways that people implement fasting into their lifestyles. But it's not necessarily encouraged, like with our uh, our family doctors, right? So I'm curious if you think that this falls into a bit of an encouragement of fasting. Yeah, it, it it certainly could. You know, intermittent fasting is is I don't know if it's if it's a fad. There have been versions of fasting, yeah. religious and otherwise, that have been going on for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And and I you know I can imagine there being benefits to some of them. I don't know. For me personally, I'm more into intermittent feasting than intermittent <laughs> fasting. That's that's more my style. All day feasting. <laughs> You're speaking my language exactly. too. Speaking my language. <laughs> But I, I have to agree, you know, I think this is one of those things that's like, I, there's some logic to this idea that, you know, the way you eat uh, has an effect on, uh, you know, if you're if you're doing shift work and you're up all night and you're eating at different times, of course, your body's get, that's going to mess with your body, how it mm-hmm. messes with it. If it's a if it's a, a profound impact or a minor impact, that's probably where, you know, we're in that gray area there where maybe it's a big deal. Maybe not. It's it's not a big deal. Maybe we should be having butter. Maybe we should be having margarine. Like, I don't know. It Like these things go. They come and go. I remember my exactly. fridge getting through the 80s. Everything out, and oh, everything back in. You know, it just happens over <laughs> and over again. So I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, go ahead. The thing is that I think, and this may be a bit of an obvious statement. I think what they're trying to get at with a study like that is they don't want you eating on shift work or anywhere for that matter. They don't want you eating every thirty minutes. You know, deep fried chicken you know like that that's the thing is that they want you to be aware of what it is you're eating and and again as i said it's kind of an obvious statement but i do think that's where they're leaning is especially Mm -hmm. if you're on shift work because everything else is so out of whack you just kind of have to be cautious of what it is you're eating and when and how but then it's a if you're thinking of it that way it's a pretty bold rule to state to say you know eat within a 10 hour time period right because what if you are a healthy eater and it is it's something interesting that i find like they set the rule 
And then in the next couple of, you know, in the next bit of time, they'll set exceptions to the rule. And then before you know it, there's more exceptions than there is rules. So then, you know, are we following this? Are we not? Right. Kind of like That's what you're right. saying. For sure. Yeah. And and it's true. Like different people's bodies respond in different ways. Like I, I, I certainly know if I operate and, and this happens far too often, if I operate by keeping my personal tank full at all times, I am not in good shape because my body is constantly trying to process all of the mm. food that I have on board. If I let the tank empty and then refill, then my body, that rhythm is a little bit healthier. My body is a little bit happier, but I'm sure there mm. are some people who are like, I can't let the tank go b- below half. Like exactly. then I, then I start getting low sugar. I start getting this issue. This exactly. There's so many different people with, with, you know, different relationships with food and different, different health needs these kind of one stop you know the one rule for everyone eh, i don't know i'm not sure how how helpful that is ultimately exactly that is the question how helpful is the study at the end of the day guys one other thing to talk about regarding food is best before labels they're becoming under scrutiny (laughs) as concerns about food waste grow around the world and manufacturers have uh, used these labels for decades to estimate peak freshness but best before labels have nothing to do with safety and some worry that they encourage consumers to throw away food that's perfectly fine to eat. Grocery store shopper Kevin Morrow says that expiration dates on food is a good idea. Let's hear. It gives me a sense of an understanding of the timeline for the food. And so I'm more aware of what's happening with the food based on getting closer to that date. Okay, Kevin. So some U.S. chains, including Walmart, have shifted their store brands to standardize best if used by and used by labels. So, A, do you guys check best before dates? Uh, J, JJ. Yeah, I, I I mean, I do, but I, I mean, I, I, I check them and then I then the sniff test is far more important. <laughs> the date's one thing, but how it smells is far more important to me. Okay. And how about you, Brock? Do you pay attention to the dates? The best before date is exactly what it says. Best before it does not mean that it is automatically expired. Use your <laughs> senses, as as JJ has eloquently pointed out. And if we all say in that clip, as the guy did, you know, it it it's just a guideline. The problem is, is people look at it, and as soon as they see that it's the best before date is gone past it's like as soon as you touch it it's like oh get it out of my hands it's expired well no it doesn't quite go that far and i'll be honest and say i i've caught myself many times you know um saying to somebody who's helping me oh if it says best before but what i mean when i say best before is if it's expired so i have to change my yeah language because what best before means and expiration date are two very different things and and use your senses and understand if it doesn't look smell or anything in between then then <laughs> chuck it but don't just chuck it based on the label that's yeah and the chucking it part brings me to the, the follow up question which is you know do we meal plan or do we just buy stuff and then go, oh, got to toss this, it's out. Got to toss that, it's out. You know, yeah. you can really avoid a lot of this by meal planning for the week. Now, how often do we do that, JJ? Yes, that's a really good question. So 
we actually, my wife and I just had this conversation last night. I've got two teenagers and they're doing more food prep and cooking for themselves. And okay. because they're older, my wife and I are going out independently together. So there's a different we have a, a slightly different food system in our house now than we had in the past. And in the past, we would get a food box delivered every week, the good food box, lots of fruits and veg that would come into our house in a big box, big box once a week. It's been fantastic. But the kids aren't cooking with the big, huge cabbage. They are not taking that head of cauliflower and making a nice stir fry for themselves. They're just not mm. doing it. And so we're going to, we're going to have to, we don't plan meal to meal, but we kind of, you know, we think what's in the fridge and we need to use that. And now it's getting harder and harder to use the food that we have been getting that, you know, that we're used to because two or three nights a week, it's not, you know, it's not one of the adults who's making a nice balanced meal. It's one of the kids who's like mac and cheese again. And it's like, yeah, but look, doesn't that cauliflower look like it's it's on its way right. out? Shouldn't we use it? No, grilled cheese. <laughs> and like, oh man, you know. So we're gonna I have know. to shift the way we buy our food because of the way our kids are consuming it. So for us, it's not so much meal by meal planning, but it's you know more you know one fridge at a time, one you know one week at a time. Right. And they say this with budgeting, right? Like with your money, you should so often check your system and see if it still works for you. I feel like that's a really great sentiment for food as well. Just because you've been doing it this way, even seasonally, just because we did it this way during the summer, right? Every week, I know I'm going to want a salad. I know I'm going to be putting all these fruit in my smoothies. Now September hits, it's cold all of a sudden. I'm like, meh. Does it looks better in a soup? I think I should go buy the soup stuff now. And it's, it, it requires some reassessing. But then again, guys, there is the other side of the spectrum. My dad has come to me with more stomach aches than I can uh, it can really put my finger on to be like, yeah, I shouldn't have eaten that. And I'm like, but it didn't look like you should eat it. It was gone bad. (laughs) (laughs) That should have been thrown out last week, dad. JJ, thank you so much for joining us on the roundtable. Always a fun time with you. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys. Okay, good luck with the tours. JJ Hunt is the audio describer who joined us today on our roundtable. And he, uh, you can check him out pretty much everywhere. If you live in the GTA, he's got some stuff coming up that he talked about earlier on. And you can revisit that conversation. Taking a break, be right back with tomorrow's edition of Now with Dave Brown Tease and a tease for tomorrow's Kelly and Company episode. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.